truth, perspective, and growth. This is the Michael Carroll Discipleship Podcast. Have you heard or have you followed up uh, with any of the students that attended at the conference? And I wasn't able to track more than five or 10 students. And in that point, that question really started kind of nudging me internally and asking, man, why am I actually doing this? Well, today's going to be an amazing day because we have an incredible person. Uh, It's a good friend of mine, but it's a guy who is chasing after Jesus with everything he's got. I'm excited about this conversation. We got Gus Cabrera on the line with us today. Bro, Gus, how are you doing today, man? I'm so, so, so good. So good, man. Excited to be here with you, man. You are a brother. I, I really look up to you, man, and what you're doing, your consistency. I love, man. So honored to be here today. And I'm feeling well, man. Adjusting to this this new rhythm of life, yeah. you know, been an adjustment. But and all in all, we're doing good in Mississippi. Honor's all mine, bro, of course, to have you on here. You're a good brother of mine, but respect what God's doing in you and Jess, your wife, and and everything that God is you know, doing. We're going to unpack that a little bit. Some of our audience may not know who you are, uh, so let's talk a little bit about that. You're in Mississippi, but you don't, you're don't. you not from Mississippi. I know that for sure, right? And, yeah, and sure. So let's talk about that, man. Uh, what What's going on? You're in Mississippi right now. Uh, let Give us a couple minutes on uh, what got, what's going on in your life. Yeah, man. So I felt about two years ago, I felt this uh, this strong sense to plant a church. And that was something I always said I wasn't going to do, you know. And I was, for a couple of years, I was kind of doing, you know, itinerary speaking, speaking at local events and uh, conferences. And I was just like, hey, man, this is, this is pretty cool. I like this. You know, it's, it's just going into the event and then you go out. It's, it's fairly simple for the most part. And I was just like, all of a sudden you get the sense of like, man, I think I'm supposed to be pastor. And so a door opened up. We were just trying to weigh, weigh out our options and our decisions. And Mississippi opened up a church pine lake. I'm serving on a resident. I'm a church planning resident here. So essentially oh, nice. what they do is they, they train us and just serve us under some incredible leadership. So we'll be here for a year. And then planning back in Florida, in downtown St. Petersburg in 2021. So, yeah, man, it's been it's been a, a interesting journey. And yeah, I know. It's excited has. though, man. It's hey, exciting. You know? I know it's. I I know it is, man. So I need to I need to stop and pause for a second because you didn't do your story enough justice. So I'm gonna do justice for you, okay? Uh, <laughs> the miracle of your story is the fact that you did not. You know, you didn't grow up. You weren't you weren't a PK, right? Correct. Uh, you didn't grow up in the church. It's just not something that is just. Oh, I guess I'm going to be a pastor. This is a radical transformation, a miracle. Ten years ago, Gus, would you have ever said I'm going to be a pastor at a church? No, no, no. Ten years ago, I was. We're 2020. Ten years ago, I was yeah, serving a time in in a correctional facility. Mm. And never in a million years thought I'd be in this predicament. And uh, you know, I just—I've been—I'm in the process of of writing a book uh, called uh, "Turning Your Pain into Purpose." And man, reliving some of the details of my life, man, really, really helps me to appreciate God and uh, our Savior, right? Yeah. And grace, yeah. mercy, and it also helps me 
um, having fresh compassion constantly about for people. Bro, I, I, 2012, I was sitting in a federal uh, prison and facing 55 years to conspiracy to murder. Uh, man, never had an agenda to serve Jesus. Uh, never thought I was going to be a speaker, a preacher, any of these mm. uh, things. And man, all of a sudden, I, I get into this broken and desperate state where I was uh, confined physically to a federal a cell for 16 hours with 55 years hanging over my head. And man, it was took that uh, crisis to really uh, help me look to something greater than myself. And that ended up being Jesus. And man, the rest has been history. So so now we're in this church planning endeavor. Really our main focus, man, is to really introduce Jesus to people. Absolutely. Yeah. Dode. Love it, man. So yeah, uh, me and me and Gus connected a while back. We share a very similar story. Um, in, in my own personal journey. But what I know and love about Gus is that he genuinely loves God. And he comes from a place of when you experience freedom in your own life from God, and you've been in places where you you felt the darkness, you felt the weight of the world, and God lifts that from you. Not only do you feel a freedom that you celebrate, but you feel a passion to help people experience that same freedom. So with that, you feel the call to ministry now, right? You feel the call to help people experience that freedom. And yeah. from what I know in my own personal journey, you get into the church and 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 you you start to do the 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 whole, you know, speaking and conferences and all this stuff that which you know, that's great. All this stuff is is, is beneficial. Yeah. But in that, have you have you reached some tensions of what maybe you thought it was going to be uh, your yeah. original intentions with what brought you into ministry? Let's talk about that. Mm. Yeah, absolutely, man. In the in the in the beginning stages, man, when I first got saved and and I started developing as a follower, Jesus was really closely mentored. It was there was no really there was no I guess condition in me serving Jesus. It was just like. I was, I was messed up and he fixed me up. So all I want is him. But as I began to progress, doors started opening for me in my life. Mm. And now, you know, you're, you're pressured by the influence, mm. you know, now you're pressured by the notoriety, um, you know, some of the systematic ways of the church, which, which I'm not, I'm, by no means am I, uh, bashing the church i love the church of the course. church has yeah, of my growth. but then you get caught up in this in this uh, dichotomy you know uh, and uh, the that that i remember my infant moments so mm-hmm. say with jesus mm-hmm. and now we're in this side of the spectrum where we're man, we're planning events we're we're seeing growth and we're caught up in the systematic approach of doing ministry and man i think for me this time has been so vital because it has helped me recalibrate some things Mm. and man really pull back and just fall back in love with Jesus. As bad as that sounds, Mm. you don't realize some of the things you're negating until you're put into an isolation spot and you're forced to reevaluate some things and check your heart. Yeah. And I might be going on a rabbit trail. But no, man. you're not. You're not. I want to talk. Let's unpack that. But just to give some people our audience a context, uh, Gus has a, a ministry called More Than Words. In the past few years, he's had some of the greatest 
speakers in the world come to the conference, uh, some of the greatest lineups, you know, uh, um, you know, I'm not going to start naming names, but these are top guys who, who are sought after speakers. And so in a sense, you know, from all of us, we've experienced this, this begins to look like success, right? This begins to look like, man, this is something that God is, is blessing and, and, and man, God is, has his hand on this and all of this. And not to say that he didn't, but those, you, you run the tension of starting to look at, man, look at how successful I am because of who's next to me or who's speaking and all of that stuff. So I know that that the context of that's the environment you're in, you're around a lot of larger names. So with that being the context in this season of isolation, what God, what's, what's God been saying to you, man? Man, well, it, it really started last year when we broke, uh, or it was in 2018, I'm sorry, when we broke 2,000 people in, our, in, in attendance in our conference. Mm-hmm. And I remember someone just indirectly, they asked me a question and indirectly, God started working in me through the question. Like they didn't mean to ask the question, in a sense of like, it wasn't a condescending question, but this is what the question was. It was, hey, have you heard or have you followed up uh, with any of the students that attended at the conference? Mm. And I wasn't able to track more than five to 10 students. And in that point, that question really started kind of nudging me internally and asking, man, why am I actually doing this? Mm. Am I doing this just for the notoriety? I'm rubbing shoulders with some important people and it's actually kind of elevating my influence and my popularity. Yeah. Or am I actually doing this to fulfill the great commission? And these were critical questions that I was asking myself after this year, man, because my plan, my agenda was this year, 2020 to be in the uh, sun dome at a larger venue with Mm -hmm. larger, a larger lineup. And, and this whole mindset of larger, bigger, numerically growing, uh, more attractional, uh, more production, which is, is all has its place. But I think in my journey, I began to slowly deviating from the mission wow. because I would, because of the pressure of the notoriety. Wow. Um, and man, this time of isolation mm-hmm. has been critical for me to reevaluate. Um, I've been diving into, uh, the, the story of uh, of Jacob, you know, and just really just like just observing his life. And this word, I think isolation, I wrote this thought down and it's, it's powerful when I began to think about it. Isolation leads to holy confrontation. Hmm. And I think those two words have a negative connotation to it, isolation and confrontation. When you think about confrontation, what do you think about? automatically something negative goes right yeah. oh, i gotta confront somebody yeah but man when i started going through the narrative of the bible i saw that god utilized isolation to bring holy confrontation and what i mean by that was jacob man was running running from his his destiny really essentially because some of the decisions he made right and all of a sudden he is separated from his family separated from his loved ones and by no means is i'm saying hey you got to separate from your family and like forget everything what i'm saying is there comes a time where we have to be intentional 
about facing God one-on-one without the distractions That's good. that we see in our day-to-day life. And in that moment, man, it's crazy because you begin to see revelations. You begin to see things that you didn't know were inside of you, yeah. good and bad, in the conf- holy confrontation. That's so good. And that's where the realignment begins to happen. And I think primarily for me, one of the things um, was that, again, going back to the context of Jacob, he's wrestling with God, right? Wrestling with God. He gets his hip dislocated. We know the story. You know, we, 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 we've heard it preached thousands upon thousands of times. Sure. Something significant happens in the story that has really been challenging. Jacob wrestling with God meets him face to face, right? Mike, well, this is crazy. Gets his hip dislocated. And the Bible says that immediately after he met God face to face, he began to journey on. Um, moved on to another region. Now, this is pivotal because what happened is for me is I began to set up these monuments where I met God face to face, right? Mm-hmm. And instead of letting those monumental moments create movements. And what happens is so easy in the church and in my world, conferences, right, events, because we were meeting God face to face and this is what we knew, and this is what was working, and man, breakthrough was happening, and this setting is awesome. I don't want to change anything. God never intended that monumental moment to stay there. It was always intended to be a movement and willing to change as seasons change. And I think this is a perfect illustration of what we're seeing in the church today, man, That's that good. God is, is pivoting us, and, and some moments that were monumental, some systems that were working, some 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 people that were experiencing breakthrough, but those mo- those monumental moments were built for yeah, me. That's so not good, just man. Stay there as a monument. So anyway, I think those are some key things that really God has been speaking to me, man. Is man, don't don't get so comfortable in recreating the same monumental moment. Like man, we met God here, so let's keep doing this. Let's keep doing this. Let's I, keep trying. I love what you said right here, man. It, it resonates with me because you're talking about when when you're talking about confrontation with God, really what you're talking about is just being in his presence, right? And so yeah. oftentimes, and this isn't just leadership, this is just being a Christian in general. Okay. Yeah. So much stuff is hitting us constantly. We have our relationships, we have our careers, we have yeah. our bills, we have social media, we have all of this stuff just hitting us from all angles at all times. Let's be real with ourselves. Let's humble ourselves to be real. How confident are you that you feel like you are constantly walking with God throughout the day with all of this stuff hitting hitting you all at once? The facts are it's impossible. It's yeah. impossible for you to go through a normal day in the modern American culture and yeah. and constantly be walking in God's will without time in his presence. I don't care. You can argue and debate me if you want. It's impossible. If you're not spending time in God's presence, there's no way that you're walking completely in his will because he, I I know even in my own personal journey, I'm not out here sinning. I'm not out here doing nothing crazy or whatever, but I get in God's presence and he has things he needs to adjust. 
He has yeah. things he needs to align. Hey, Michael, you shouldn't be thinking this way, right? You shouldn't talk this way to this person. Yeah. You should think differently about this situation. You should have more yeah. grace in this moment. You should handle your, uh, your, 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 your relationships and your leadership positions differently. Like, and it's like I said, I'm not out here acting crazy, but I'm, he's still needing to adjust me. And I, it's rare that I go into the presence of God and he doesn't correct something in oh. my mind. So, so if you're not spending time with God, but you're doing ministry or you're trying to live a Christian life, how well do you think you're doing it? You know, and I think that yeah. we, we all learn in this moment that, hey, a relationship with God, being in the kingdom, there's two things that are important there. One, there's a king in the kingdom and he speaks to his kingdom. So yeah. if you want to be in line with the king and be a part of his kingdom, you have to hear from him. Right. You got to You got to get the report from him. And you get that not in the world, not in Instagram, not in, you know, and even, you know, you read a little bit of a Devo in the morning. That That's great. But his spirit speaks to you. Yeah. Yeah. I love that, bro. I love that. And you know what, man, I think, dude, that's right on. Because for me, it's 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 become that was a challenge. For me. That was Man, I was, I think in this cult, in the culture we're in, busyness has become like a strength or attraction. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we use the terminology and it's almost like I feel important. I'm busy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm busy. I'm busy. And I found myself last year, especially, man, in meetings and, and planning and budgeting and this, that, the other. And I, again, all that has its place. But man, it is, what happens is I, either we do it intentionally or unintentionally but we oppress some of the things that God is trying to teach us mm, and, so and good. take out of us with our position and our identity that we have found in our titles. Mm. So man, we're driven to fulfill our ministry obligations. And what happens is it becomes our identity and yeah. we're lacking yeah. the face-to-face holy confrontation that God's trying to teach us. That's so good. Man, and instead of um, ministry and responsibilities being a byproduct of mm. who we are, Mm-hmm. It becomes our identity. Man, that's and, so good. You know what I mean? And 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 I think what you're saying is so pivotal, man, because it all back it comes back to man, spending time with Jesus. One of the most uh critical observations I've made in the life of Jesus, which that's a whole nother thing, man, that in the season of, of of quarantine, I've been looking at Jesus more than my savior, but really my instructor. Mm. And this this is key because I think within the American church world, it is easy to put Jesus, put the emphasis on Jesus being our savior, our way of salvation, and not as strong as the emphasis on him being our instructor, our teacher. So and what that happens is what happens to that is we can negate observing and learning some of his characteristics absolutely and it you know, starts from the moment of prayer what prayer. Do you, what do you think exactly. you're what do you even when you get saved quote unquote what do you think you're praying many people yeah. think they're praying okay lord forgive me my sins so now yeah. i can go to heaven boom done yeah what really jesus said is pick up your cross and follow me meaning that okay 
this journey is not for us just to go to heaven. Matter of fact, reach Revelation 21, heaven comes to earth, but that's a different story, yeah. right? Yeah. It's not just to go escape from this world. It's not just to wait for a final destination. The journey is to follow Jesus day by day, moment by moment, situation by situation, and take his word, take what he taught and put it into practice. And how do you do that? I love that. You, you receive from him, right? And right. so, yeah. and even as leaders, right? Now let's take it a different level. We, we teach people what Jesus said, right? And we think, when, and what I think I'm hearing you say is, we now in our minds subconsciously take the action of teaching and put it in the place of us learning exactly. from God. Exactly. And, and exactly that, man, learning his characteristics. And that's where it starts at, is, is prayer. Watching his life is so intriguing to me, the way he prioritized prayer. If we, Mark chapter one, I'm sure you're familiar with the passages, is there's multitudes, thousands of people coming into this region that, and they're needing healing and breakthrough. And man, in addition to all the sick people being brought to him, there are multitudes from the villages standing outside the door. Mm. I think it's Mark 1, 35 to 38, just standing and observing. So he has crowds everywhere and, and, and people are beginning healed by the, by the multitudes. And it's, it, this is so interesting to me. Evening breaks, the sun sets, it's dark, and Jesus is still healing, still doing ministry. Then the Bible says, before sun comes up, immediately following this, this setting, he was up before the sun was up praying. And I just started looking at this. I'm like, man, okay, so he was balancing ministry and prayer, busyness and prayer, influence and prayer, mm-hmm. multitudes and prayer. He was balancing this very well. He, he, he did not negate his spiritual disciplines, but check what he does. He's in prayer. His disciples come in and they're like, master, master, everybody's looking for you. They're all waiting for you. His response immediately after leaving his prayer closet is this. We're going to another city. Mm. Can you imagine the disciples' response? They're like, what? Everybody's outside waiting for us. It's working here. There's multitude. Yeah, that's so there's, good. there's the people are waiting for us. We don't have to go anywhere else. But because he was in prayer mm. and he heard from heaven and he that's disconnected so from all the influence around him, yeah. he was able to pivot without any tension because he knew, man, okay, there's people here, there's multiples here, there's influence. But man, I heard from heaven, there's a pivot. And whatever that pivot is, I'm going to follow it. But it all yes. started in prayer. And the prayer allows you to be drawn by the Father and not by your flesh, not by the world, not by your thoughts, not by the people around you, all of that. Exactly. Hearing from the voice of the Father, letting him draw you. Because how easy is it for us leaders and for us Christians to see something that's good and mm. think that's from God? Mm. The tree of knowledge of good and evil was a beautiful tree. And Adam yeah. and Eve had to walk by it because it was in the center of the garden to get to the tree of life. And every day they had to pass by what looked good to, to get to the place where that. their true life came from. And, and we, every day, pass by the tree of knowledge of good and evil, which is 
the the wisdom of the world, the goodness of the world, and all of of these things that we see and we think that they're good, and it takes the discipline of knowing where your resources come from, the Father, knowing yes. where your 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 wisdom comes from, the Father, and hearing His voice, and then the next step is obedience, being willing to step out from what you yeah. want. And what you yeah. think is going to be the best or what may even put you in an uncomfortable situation, but say, hey, I heard from the father and this is what I'm doing. I'm stepping out. Right. And that's a struggle, man. It is easy for us to sit here on a podcast and say, man, this is what you got to do. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Just listen to yeah. the father and do it. But let's be real. That's not easy, is it, Gus? Bro, hard, challenging. And, you, and, and I love that you're saying that because it's a reality that we're faced as, uh, with confronted with as leaders on the regular. Imagine, bro, I had this whole plan and agenda to plan a church in 2021 before coronavirus. So we're, you know, meeting with ARC, we're doing all these things and we've got all our plans. And now all of a sudden, everything that we knew as far as the church function goes is all being uh, questioned. Like I'm questioning you know, the way we do things, the systems, and, and is, is it going to work? And how are we going to pivot and all these things? And, and thank God for God's grace sure. and his Holy Spirit and the ability for us to silence the noise around us, to get with heaven and hear from heaven and be able to adjust the pivot. But it is a, it is a conflict. It is hard, man. You know? Yeah. It's not, it, it's, it's not, it's not easy. So we want to, I want to, hopefully take some tension off some of the listeners who may be hearing this right now. Yes, I want you to feel challenged. We all need yeah. to feel challenged. Yes, yeah. we need to be confronted with yeah. uh, the reality that we all have drifted in some way or another, and all of us need to come back to the voice of the Father, to the yeah. to the heart of Him. It's not easy. There's yeah. a real pull in this world. As leaders, we feel a pull. As just yeah. people who are Christians— who Christians are leaders in their communities, they're feeling a pull as well. We all run the tension of, of a world that's always shifting and evolving, but feeling and sensing and, and spending time abiding in the presence of God and hearing the voice of the Father to stay grounded in what he's doing in this world right now and what he's wanting to heal and what he's wanting to transform and what he's and you know what he may lead you to one person he may take you from a crowd of 10,000 and take you to one person on the sidewalk who's broken and your whole perspective will be changed because you'll think well look at all these people I can save and God's heart is I have a child here who's broken and that's the object of my affection in this moment Right. And That's we so and we have to be willing to die to our own flesh and our own desire to be seen and to be elevated or to have the things that we want to add to our life and and capture the heart of the father whose heart is broken for broken people, whose heart yeah. goes out to people who can't do anything for him, whose heart goes out to the orphans, to the widows, to the people who they're not the be, they're not going to be the names you see on CNN. They're not going to be yeah. the people that are headline speakers. They're not going to be the people who can bring income and resources to the church, but they have the object of God's well, affection. Because yeah. he created them, he loved them, they're his child. And as leaders, as Christians, again, I'm not even if you're not a pastor on staff at a church, you are a priest, you are a leader, you are someone yeah. God has given you his spirit to be his ambassador in this world. You, we need to get back to the heart of the Father and allow the Holy Spirit to lead us 
through this world and focus on what matters to him. And I think from this conversation, what I'm getting, and it's pulling it out of me too, we've lost it. We've lost our focus. Many people are doing great things, so I don't want to put everybody in a box. But a lot of us, I'll put myself in there too. We've lost focus. We've drifted. Let's get back to the presence of God. Because here's the thing about the presence of God. Everything adjusts to his will when you're in his presence. There's no, there's, you don't have the ability to change as far as you don't have the ability to establish your own kingdom in the presence of God. You don't have the ability to lead him to do whatever you want to do. He's not a genie. He is a king. He's the creator of the universe. He's a loving God. He's a gracious God, but he's a big, powerful, loving, holy, righteous king. So when you come into his presence, you are coming into his will and his heart will begin to come onto your mind and everything that is important to him will begin to flood into your heart and all the stuff that is really not important to him will just dissipate. And this is why when you have a confrontation with somebody or you have a problem in your life and you start to pray, all of a sudden you're not mad at people anymore. All of a sudden you don't have conflict in your heart anymore. All of a sudden you can uh, forgive somebody. Why? Because you're coming into the heart of the Father and you're leaving your own will, your own desire, your own selfishness behind. So, with all that being with all that being said, I love what you said, Gus, because it's it's encouraging me, and I think we all can benefit from from what God is speaking to you right now, man. Thank you so much for sharing that. You too, um, man. Powerful stuff. But so, man, unfortunately, this always happens to me, bro. We're we're heading to the end of our time. Yeah. But I don't want to end this conversation without giving you an opportunity to share something. I've talked to all of our, uh, every, everybody who I've had on the show the past few weeks, I've given them this opportunity. The church is in a season of isolation. Um, we've been given the opportunity to stop and hear and listen to different voices around the world. If you had the opportunity to speak to the church, the global church, let's just pretend that they can hear you right now. And you, and someone gave you a mic and said, here, here's one minute. What would you say to the church? And I would say embrace change. Embrace change. Get back to uh, feasting on Jesus. Um, I think that's my biggest thing, man. I, I For anybody who's listening and using this quarantine time and not let it go to waste, um, I, I share with you, man, some of my intentions of developing habits. And, and habits that will change a generation. And it took this quarantine to really, really uh, be intentional about that. I'm going to be honest, man. I believe that one word encapsulates greatness or achievements, whatever aspect of life you're in, whether you're an entrepreneur, a pastor, a minister, whatever. One word is going to define whether you make it to what God is calling you or not. And I believe that's discipline. If you have God's favor on your life, if you have God's grace, if you got God's calling, if you have a gift, you have it all. But if we do not have discipline, we will not be able to accomplish what God has called us to. And that is what I'm learning in the season, man. Discipline and in, in, in regards in, in regards to our calling, we have to be disciplined to pray, to fast, to ask for God. And in, in a nutshell, the definition of discipline 
is doing what you don't want to do. Come on. And man, really in three, in three points, man, what I've been working on is prayer, the discipline of prayer, the discipline of conquering the morning and the, and the discipline of managing distractions. Those three things have been the top priority. I write it down on my whiteboard every single morning. Discipline prayer, shifting my perspective on prayer, man, because we have uh, been inundated with a self-absorbed culture. And even in the church, man, I believe some of our theology is round, is, is just centered around us. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by that is like, man, we're the apple of God's eye. God loves us. God created us. God wants to bless us. God wants to give us breakthrough. And all that is true and valid. But man, the other portion of that is, well, the, the, let me go back just for a second. What happens is with that mindset is we're already combating that in, in culture. We're combating, hey, this Instagram, the social media, everything's about us, right? Highlight rules. But we approach God in prayer that way. And we approach God with, God, what can I get from you? Yeah. And man, this moment of isolation has really shifted my perspective on prayer. And man, my perspective on prayer is that he is the reasoning of my, my time with him. Mm-hmm. He is my reward. I can't wait to meet him. Yeah, that's good. That is my reward. And as a byproduct of that, then the blessings come. I think, man, just the power of discipline. And formulating disciplines in our lives, man, that are really going to change a generation and push through the emotion and the feeling of not wanting to do it, whether it's eating habits, whether it's sleeping patterns, whether whether you want to exercise or not, whether it's prayer or fasting, man, make it up in your mind that this is worth the fight and we're going to do whatever it takes to get to that point, but it requires discipline. God has our hearts, but he wants to know if he has our mind. A lot, of us, a lot of us have the decision made up on our heart that we want to follow Jesus. But thing is, in our mind is where the battle is won, the decision. That's so good, man. Discipline. And I'm going to read a verse to end. Colossians yeah. 2, verse 6. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord and all of the excitement and the love and the joy and the passion that you had when you got saved, wow. all of that, continue to live your lives in Him. Yeah. Keep that passion, keep that energy, keep that joy. Verse 7. And stay rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. Stay rooted up, stay so grounded. Cool. Don't lose your love. Don't lose your passion. Just like you fall in love with your wife or your husband or whoever and you chase after them and you build your life around them, keep that love for Jesus. Build your life around him. Give him time in the morning. Give him time at lunch. Give him time at night. Build your life around him. Give him access to every area of your life and watch the power of God just begin to explode all around you love it love love your heart gus dude bro thank you so much man for 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 coming over and and hanging out with us today bro uh praying for you and jess send send chloe and uh ours our love and our prayer to you guys you know say what's up to the uh rescue yeah i know you guys got a new rescue dog yeah yeah but dude love what love what god is doing with you man we're praying for you we know that um everything's gonna work out with the church plant gonna continue to keep that in prayer um 
But, bro, it was an honor to have you on the show, man. Bro, likewise, man. Love you, bro. I appreciate all you're doing, your leadership, your consistency is challenging me, man. And I know it's making a difference and impact in the world, man. So I'm with you, man. Thank you for tuning in to the Michael Carroll Discipleship Podcast. Make sure to share this episode with your friends and also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at mcarrollnow. Have a great day. Until next time.